0: Welcome to The Receptive Life. We're learning how to fight against the unholy trinity, the devil, this corrupt world that we live in, our own sinful flesh. Uh, We're also learning how to defend ourselves with the promises that come from the person and the work of Jesus. But also learning how to receive all the gifts that only can come from uh, the triune God. So we're in station four of the daily practice. Uh, the the station where we get ourselves to the living and active Word of God with the promise that God himself will do his work, whatever work is needed upon us, to open our eyes, to understand who he is, to point to the person of Jesus, uh, to bring us to repentance, uh, to give us the joy of the forgiveness of sins, uh, to drive deep into our hearts the hope and the consolation that comes from Again, uh, the greatest gift, the forgiveness of sins in Jesus. So we take heart and we find great comfort in the scriptures in this, that they reveal to us the person and the work of Jesus. And when they reveal the person and work of Jesus, then we also can make use of Jesus. We receive him. And we use him as mediator, right? He stands as our brother. He is the sacrifice of atonement. He is the great high priest. He is the king. He is savior. He is lord overall. And so the scriptures reveal the person and the work of Jesus, and we receive the person and the work of Jesus, and then we can make use of Jesus to fight against the unholy trinity and to defend ourselves uh, with all of his promises, all of the promises of Jesus, and to receive all of the gifts that come to us by grace through faith. So Hebrews chapter 4 says that when we get to the scriptures. We should remind ourselves that it is living and active. It is the Word of God, the revelation of God, that is uh, going to take effect, that is going to do what it says and what it has promised to do to resurrect those who are dead in transgressions and sins, as Paul says in Ephesians 2, to create us and to recreate us into new creations of Christ, to, to give to us life. And so the promise is that when we go to the Scriptures, it is uh, the Word of God that is living and active. Now, another way to look at it is, what is the purpose, then, of the Scriptures? In John chapter 20, uh, the Apostle tells us clearly uh, why the scriptures were written, specifically why his gospel was written. He says, uh, Therefore, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But he says, But these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Why were the scriptures written? Why did John write his gospel? that we might believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and in believing that we may have life in his name. Romans chapter 15, verse 4, the Apostle Paul says, Whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that through perseverance and through encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. He says, Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope, in the power of the Holy Spirit. So we take heart. We find great comfort in the scriptures that they reveal the person and the work of Jesus. They're living and active. We receive uh, the work of Jesus, and then we make use of him as well. So just uh, just some idea here of uh, five different uses of the scripture, how they are beneficial to us. Going back to Romans chapter 15, that these things were written to encourage us and to give to us hope. So the number one use is when we open up the scriptures to see Jesus, the heart and center of the scripture, as our hope and as our consolation. Uh, The devil always coming against us, always trying to take our hope away, faith away, love away. And Jesus in the scriptures, Jesus, the word made flesh, uh, is the substance of our hope. And uh, he is our consolation. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 3 gives us the other four uses of the scripture. So right in the middle is Jesus, who is our hope and our consolation. But Paul says in 2 Timothy 3, there's other uses. He says, every scripture is God-breathed, and it's profitable, or you could say useful. For what? He says, for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that each person who belongs to God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So Paul says, here's one use. the scripture is uh, tells us what the truth is. It proclaims right teaching. All of scripture is useful for teaching, for telling us the truth in this world where we have a deceiver, the father of lies, right, the devil. What is the truth? Well, we go to the scriptures and often Jesus will say, I am the way and the truth and the life or truly, truly, or verily, verily. Um, What is the truth? Well, the scriptures proclaim this right teaching. What do they also do? Well, the opposite. They refute false teaching, right? So you have true teaching proclaimed, but then also what is a lie? And then when that lie is presented to us, the scriptures come and say, um, hear, hear God's God's truth. What you are hearing is coming from the devil, the father of lies, and we're going to refute it. We're going to rebuke it. We're going to tell you the truth in the midst of that, that lie. So, uh, in a sense, you could say these two uses talk about right teaching this uh the, the next two talk about right living so use number 4 would be um so what is wrong and the scriptures would talk about rebuking and correcting dealing with uh with false living a way that is against god and against his his word and against his uh will uh the fifth use would be so then if we're going to rebuke false living what is right living look like And we're exhorted then and encouraged to um, not false living, but rather true living. So, consolation of hope is always at the middle, and that's in the person and work of Jesus. Then we have this idea of living in a world that is full of lies, and what is the truth? The scripture tells us very clearly what the truth is, and helps us fight the lie. And then it also helps us understand what would be a way to live that would hollow God's name, and so the Scripture would come alongside of us and rebuke false living, but then also exhort us and encourage us towards uh, living that would be uh, beautiful and right in the sight of God. And so this is what what happens when we come to the Scriptures. Um, we have these three little again themes. Open my eyes that I may find wonderful things and see wonderful things in your law. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. I'm laid low in the dust, preserve my life according to your word. And we find in the scriptures that there is great comfort. Great comfort because it points to something outside of us, outside of our emotions, outside of our feelings, beyond our circumstances. We take heart. We find great comfort that the scriptures reveal. Reveal the person and the work of Jesus. We receive Jesus. And also then we make use of him. What is he? He is our brother in the flesh. He is the intercessor, our great high priest. He is our Lord and Savior. He is the sacrifice, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And he is the king who rules and reigns over all. And what does he promise? He promises that he is for us, that he is with us, and that in a beautiful way, a sacred way, he lives in and he wants to work through us as well.